you are Locked On Wild, your Minnesota Wild every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hi everyone, I'm Tony Abbott of The Athletic Minnesota, and with me today is not Joe, but I am not alone today. I have Hunter from Locked On Penguins joining us to, to give us some expert perspective on the Jason Zucker trade from the Pittsburgh Penguins perspective, as well as getting some information, the scoop, if you will, in journalism parlance on Kalen Addison, the prospect that Minnesota got, and Alex Galchenyuk, the player that was re- the return in the trade and uh, and who made his debut against Vegas on on Tuesday night. That's right, Tuesday night. So you'll uh, you'll have seen a little bit about Galchenyuk, but uh, but we're gonna get to know him a little bit better today. But before we do that, uh, I am going to just vamp a little bit and talk about the mindset I'm in right now with the uh, with the Jason Zucker trade. I was pretty floored when it happened earlier this week, and then. You know, you, you you hear about that, and it's pretty shocking, and it's the end of an era of sorts with uh, with all the Chuck Fletcher forwards uh, gone out of the organization, and you're trying to uh, to, to process things, and, and you're, you're kind of swimming in emotions. I think that was very much where I was at on Monday night when we recorded our reaction. But now, after thinking about it and, uh, and seeing the press conference and reading up about Kalen Addison talking to Hunter about Kalen Addison. I am extremely confident in Bill Guerin. I I am really impressed with uh with what he was able to do. We we talked about it maybe a little more in full, but I, I think that the patience that he showed taking his time to trade a player that the writing was on the wall for him last year. And it sort of was on the wall for him this year too. He was Zucker, of course, was was the focus of so many trade rumors, and, and so many people pegged him, whether it was for his salary or the fact that he would be valued on the market, presumably, uh, which he, he eventually was. But that certainly wasn't the case when uh, when Fenton was having to get rid of him last year. So to take a player that a lot of people were like, okay that guy's going to get moved and just being patient enough to get a top prospect and in a first round pick when you know look at the look at the trades that were going to be made for him previously uh the the dumping of, of Nino Niederreiter along with him for Max Domi and Christian Dvorak uh Domi ended up you know breaking out somewhat over the last year and a half but I still don't think I would have liked that move very much the trade to Calgary uh, that was uh, that was supposedly uh, completed at the deadline or almost completed at the deadline, where Michael Froelich and a first round pick would have come back. That was a, that was an awful move as well. And and then we'll, we talk about it a little bit later. But you know, six months ago, eight months ago, however long ago the draft was, or or right around that time. Minnesota almost traded Jason Zucker for a lot less. So the the idea that Bill Guerin was able to stay with it, be patient until he got his move, that, that makes me feel extremely confident 
in what he's doing and he's got uh, he's got my buy-in we've got a couple weeks until the uh trade deadline in fact less than about 10 days now and you know i i'm interested in seeing what happens but i you know i, I won't be surprised if if nothing else happens uh he said at the press conference he, he kind of didn't say that much at the press conference he, he wasn't ruling anything out which i think is smart to do you know you don't need to to rush in on these, and if you're gonna get a good deal by being patient, like he was with Zucker, then I'm all right with that. And uh, another thing that made me feel confident was that he wasn't afraid to trade Zucker for futures, even with the team doing well. Right? They've been four and one in their last five games, uh, but they're still four points out of a playoff spot. I'm not confident still. Uh, and I don't know if I'll ever be confident with uh, with this year's edition of the Minnesota Wild that they're going to make any sort of noise in the playoffs. So he manages to to make a move like that where he's getting futures for an established player with his team, uh, you know, theoretically still in a playoff chase, which I, I think is, is great. And it's a lot more than I expected out of Garen to uh, to do so. Yeah, I've got a lot of buy-in. I'm sure that uh, that Joe and I will probably touch on his press conference a little more. Uh, there were uh, there were a couple interesting things that he said, like uh, like you know, if this team shows any signs of quitting, there will be more moves. Uh, but I I, I want to let Joe have his say on this. So we're gonna end this segment a little bit short and go into the interview with Hunter. If you want to follow me and my work, you can follow me at oh hi Tony on Twitter. You can follow my work at the Athletic Minnesota. There should be something coming up in whether it's in the next couple days or next week. Uh, there should be something from me soon. But uh, until then, uh, we're going to take a break and uh, enjoy the interview. You are listening to Locked On Wild. And we are back at Lockdown Wild, where it's your Minnesota Wild every day. Except now we've got Lockdown Penguins with us. We have Hunter Hodes of Lockdown Penguins, fan sided and last word on sports. Is that right? That is correct. And Hunter is with us to chat about the Jason Zucker trade, a big trade for both teams. So let's start out with this, Hunter. How do you like the Jason Zucker trade for Pittsburgh? Well, um, I absolutely love it. Um, this is the guy that they've been targeting all along. I think he was their number one target. I think that if they weren't going to get him, they probably would have had to dip their toes in the rental market, which I have never really been a fan of. I don't like giving up a lot of assets for rentals. But with Jason Zucker, you have three-plus years of term. Um, he's a perfect uh, complement on Sidney Crosby's wing. He ha- brings a lot of elements the Penguins play in their style of play. Um, it looks like he's very his ferocious forecheck is really nice. He's speedy. He can score goals. Um, looks like he's defensively responsible, which is big in Mike Sullivan's system. Um, I think he's going to hopefully thrive here. And, you know, I know some Penguins fans are probably figuring out since they gave up a lot of assets for someone a couple of years ago with Derek Broussard. But with that, this is so different because he's not going to be fighting for ice time. He's going to be in the top six on Sidney Crosby's wing. And uh, this just this makes the Penguins that much deeper. And with this deal, they're they're going for that fourth cup in the Crosby Malkin era, which would be something else if they were to get that. And when you look at Jason Zucker and compare him to the other wings that have been so successful in Crosby's wing, whether it was Jake Gensel uh, until he got hurt as of as of recently, or uh, Chris Kunitz for a very long time, 
they both share very strong similarities to uh, to Jason Zucker. Yeah, Sidney Crosby has the type of winger that he loves to play with, and all three of those guys have the same like the same qualities. And Pascal Dupuy had the same thing. It's a lot of the reason why I think he loves to play with Dominic Simone. And sure, Simone is not has the goal scoring ability that none of these guys had, but his playmaking ability and the defensive responsibility and everything else like Zucker has and every and everyone else. That's why he's on his line. So this is just, I think, the perfectly kind winger for Sidney Crosby. They just have a lot of um, they just have a lot of qualities in common with each other. So what uh, what uh, what need does this fill? I mean, I, I know that I know that Gensel was hurt, but uh, was there another need going forward that was filled with Jason Zucker? Just mostly, I think, just his replacement for the season. Um, they're going to hope that Jake, Jake can come back sometime in the playoffs. Is that likely? Not really sure. They're going to have to win at least a round or two for him to have any chance of coming back. Um, and if he does come back, that just makes the lineup that much more scary if you have both Zucker and Gensel in your top six. And, well, they're going to be in their top six together at least next season and for the next couple of seasons, actually. But, yeah, this just mostly fills their replacement. I think if Jake were healthy – they might still have done this since it sounds like Jim Rutherford said today that he's been targeting him for about the last two to three years. And I mean, people forget he would have been a penguin by now if Phil Kessel would have agreed to go to Minnesota. Oh, I still wish he would have taken that deal, but instead we got Galchenyuk, <laughs> but it ended up working out in the end. We ended up shipping Galchenyuk out, but yeah, I think that was just the most depressing need was just to get Gensel's replacement for this season and um, down the line, of course, whether both when they're both going to be playing. I thought the funniest part of Bill Guerin's press conference today was when he was talking about Jim Rutherford and saying, you know, it, it, he taught me to treat other GMs with respect, yep. never try to rip them off and, and make a fair deal. Knowing that Minnesota tried to make or, uh, this uh, the same trade with Pittsburgh over the summer where they would have dumped both Jack Johnson and Phil Kessel, who's mm-hmm. completely bottomed out in Pittsburgh, or uh, sorry, in Arizona in exchange for uh, in exchange for Jason Zucker over the summer. Instead, they get a top prospect and a uh, first round pick. Yeah, no, yeah, it was. Yeah, that, that trade would have been pretty funny, especially considering they would have dumped Victor Rask on us. And he really doesn't have, doesn't have a place on the team right now with the, the way the centers are. And hopefully Nick Bukestad can come back at some point, God, God willingly, with his setback of his injury. But uh yeah I, I just it, it all worked out in the end um you know i'm, I'm gonna be very curious to see what happens with gal chenyuk the rest of the way uh i know he wasn't producing but it doesn't help that he's not getting ice time and he didn't exactly earn it but uh when he was just making all these silly plays and i just i don't really know what happened because i mean when i when that first trade first went down i was like oh alex chenyuk may actually have a renaissance season here boy would i did i uh eat crow on that pretty quick <laughs> i went right down the hill we will definitely talk about Alex Galchenyuk uh, in in our next segment, but I do want to ask, like, how much more or less comfortable are you acquiring Jason Zucker, knowing that the price is so much higher than it would have been the, uh, this last summer? Even uh, it's it, it's honestly it's fine. I think to me, I think the Penguins play paid. A, this is the, the price that you pay for a player return. If this was for someone like, let, let's say Chris Kreider, that, that this would I think be an overpayment because. Uh, Chris Kreider is going to walk in on July 1st. That's three pieces for a rental, and I don't think we haven't seen that in a long time. But I'm fine with the price that they paid uh, now as opposed to the summer. I still think the summer deal would have been fine. He would have dumped Jack Johnson off, but um, even though he's kind of been 
he hasn't sucked this season, so I guess that's improvement for him. But I, I'm really, I'm just, I'm really okay with this deal. I don't really see too many people, uh, too many reasons as to why people would be mad about it. But there always are going to be people that are mad about st- deals like this. Well, I just want to, I, I just want to chime in and say that you know, Jason Zucker, you're you're going to love watching him play. He's real fun. He's real fast. <laughs> and his best seasons in Minnesota were when Miko Koivu was paired with him uh, in, in 2016, 17 and 2017, 18. And mm-hmm. when he is matched up or paired up with a, uh, with the defensive center, absolute magic can happen. Cause he has so much freedom to, uh, to fly up the ice. And we're talking about a defensive center that isn't nearly as gifted offensively as Sidney Crosby. So I think that he's just going to have a field day with him. That That's, that's awesome to hear. Cause Sidney Crosby really has emerged the last few years as Probably one of the better defensive centers in the league. You know, I don't think a lot of people noticed it, of course, early in his career or even during the middle, but he's just become a very defensively responsible. I think he finished, what, top five in the Selkie voting last season, which is not the norm for him. He could potentially even be a maybe at some point or throughout the end of his career, he'd be a finalist for it. But um, the fact that's really good news. I really can't wait to see how they mesh together and um, just. Sid is just like he just like straight line wingers that just they can do their thing and that's just I think it's just going to be a lot of fun to watch because some of Sid's best wingers of course he had the Marion Hosa for a playoff run player like Pascal Dupuis I know that's like a lesser known player but just a player like a I was reading today someone thought this could be like a younger Pascal Dupuis and that excites me just because of Dupuis did everything I think that Zucker does but Zucker does it uh, just better and produces more than Dupuis did. Yeah, uh, we we definitely know uh, Dupuis. He was a uh, Minnesota mm-hmm. Wild back in the day. So uh, we definitely know that Jason Zucker is a very rich man's Pascal Dupuis. Anyway, Hunter, we are going to go take a break, and then we're going to come back, and we are going to talk about Alex Galchenyuk and Kalen Addison. You're listening to Locked On Wild. And we're back with Locked On Wild. We are with Locked On Penguins. Hunter is still with us, and we are going to talk about Alex Galchenyuk. Now, Galchenyuk, of course, as most people who are listening to this know, was a third overall pick back in 2012. Starts out in his career in Montreal. Has some big seasons, a few 20-goal seasons, a 30-goal season even. And over the last four years, we've seen some decline with his game, and... You know, people thought maybe, you know, getting a change of scenery to Arizona and then to Pittsburgh was going to resurrect his career, especially alongside Sidney Crosby or Evgeny Malkin, those spots being available. It did not work out. My first question, why didn't it work out? Uh, well, you're, you're, uh, that's a really, really good question. They tried him on Malkin's wing a bunch he wasn't producing and it wasn't for a lack of effort you know I, I read all the time you know he could stay out on the ice after practices working on his game fine-tuning his game just coming on the ice before practice like I said staying after just wasn't putting up the numbers and you know looked sometimes lazy in the defensive zone um, some of the chances that he had were just somehow not going in I think I he probably had a few chances that he easily should have cashed in on but that did not go in but took bad penalties and bad moments uh just handled the puck at times like a grenade it was a really bizarre just fall from grace for Galchenyuk especially as the main piece in the Phil Kessel trade and it's I don't know what I just I still don't know what happened other than that I truly don't and I'm hoping that 
Minnesota can get a little bit of production out of him so he can go to July 1 and maybe cash in a little bit and get a nice little contract for himself. Uh, do I see that happening? I'm not really sure, but with not a lot of, of course, there's not enough pressure now in Minnesota. They're a little um, out of the playoff picture right now. Um, there's still, I think, the potential chance uh, maybe that he's flipped at the deadline, though I'm not really sure if any team is going to take that gamble on him after he was just traded uh, to the wild. Is there any, uh, I guess, is there any like flashes of, of optimism or hope that you saw for Galchenyuk in any way? Uh, not, I'm sorry to say, not really. That's that's the best word. I that's the best I can really say. Yeah, a couple of points, he actually looked like he when he scored a couple goals. I was like, okay, maybe this is the start of something. Next game, he went back to being the same old Galchenyuk that we saw earlier in the season. It didn't help that apparently I read yesterday that he was hiding a groin injury from the the team at the training camp. He started out slow. I think I remember he got bit by a spider, which kept him out for another week. <laughs> That is accurate. He had a big spider bite, which prolonged his injury. It's up on a couple of websites somewhere. I know. Of course, the one spider that doesn't give you superpowers bites him. Yeah, I think he was out in something. I think even Mike Sullivan actually said that he was bit by a spider, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's it's out there. I I know that for a fact. But yeah, it was just, it's probably been a, it's just been bad for him. All right, uh, let's go to uh, to the more optimistic part of the trade. Uh, Kalen Addison, who uh, is by pretty much all accounts Pittsburgh's, or was by pretty much all accounts Pittsburgh's top pen, uh, prospect. I almost said Penspect, which is maybe something that is said around Pittsburgh, but I doubt it. It sounds really dumb to me. Anyway, moving on. Kalen Addison was Pittsburgh's top prospect, and he just had a a really great World Junior tournament where he was near the top of the uh, the defenseman in scoring at nine points in seven games, looking really good. What can you tell us about Addison? Yeah, Kalen Addison. Yeah, I I, I heard the same thing. Like I've had people that work uh, right for the team tell me that he was considered their number one prospect. Uh, if you watch the World Juniors, you could definitely see why. He was really flashy offensively. thought defensively he looked great. He can jump into play. He's really good pinches. Um, he's just a really offensively gifted defenseman, I, I would say. And I still think he's probably a couple years away from making an impact at the NHL level, which is why the Penguins did this. They can get three years of Zucker, and then Addison probably won't be ready until that contract expires, though he could make a John Marino-type leap like Marino did when no, which no one saw coming of course, and have the kind of year that Marino has having this year, next year for the wild. So um, I, I just, I'm really excited to see how he does in Minnesota. Um, I know some people were kind of like, Oh, well, you know, why they have to trade a number one prospect was like, well, they're in win now mode. This is what you do when for a player that has three plus years of term, and I know Kalen Addison's really good, but I think the big part is, is they held on to their four prospects, you know, like Sam Poulin, Nathan Legary, Hollander. And uh, and it's just – I'm really i just really excited to see Addison there. That You guys should be pretty excited. Um, I liked the return for the Wild. Um, I was – at first I was surprised that they actually included him, but then when I actually sat down and thought about it for a few minutes, I was like, okay, well, this was Jim Rutherford's guy from the beginning – I'm not really too surprised. It sounded like that this was the, the deal breaker. Well, you better include him or we may not trade him. But that's, I think, what happened. Yeah, I think that really is the, <laughs> the, the thing with this trade is that both sides really give up what looks like a lot. And, and because it is a lot, 
but they both get something out of it that works with their timelines. And I think that both sides have, have stuff to be really happy about with this trade. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think Billy Garen did good in it. I think Billy Garen is going to do more good moves than bad moves as his tenure in Minnesota. Um, of course, we know Billy Garen from his playing career here in Pittsburgh. He was all, obviously, of course, Jim Rutherford's assistant GM for, oh, what is the number off the top of my head? What was it five years, I think? when he Something got like that. I think it was when he got first first got hired after Ray Shiro got fired. I think he hired Billy Aaron as assistant GM, and he's been there forever. So um, I'm proud of, of the return that he got. I think he's going to keep making good trades. I'll be curious to see what he does if the deadline gets closer with the Wild. I did see his quote today, which was pretty interesting. So if, if, if we keep quitting, there's going to be more deals. So that's a, a good insurance to yet not play bad, I guess. <laughs> one, of, uh, one of the friends of the show – tweeted out the trades will continue until morale improves yeah <laughs> poor, uh, poor, i feel bad for uh, poor bruce boudreau out there he's actually a pretty good coach but um he's just kind of like ah i've, I've like lost the word that i'm looking for i guess well, you feel as bad as you can for any former washington coach right yeah yeah I, I've, he's worn out his washington days when he was there so i don't really um i used to not stand the dude but now that he's <laughs> around the league it's uh, I, I don't really like I don't really hate him anymore I don't dislike him either good coach yeah very good coach where can we find you Hunter uh yeah so of course I host the Locked on Penguins uh podcast so I'll be having an episode actually tonight after the lightning game we'll talk about how Zucker um performed in his first game looks like according to Twitter right now he actually just got to the arena so that's fun and then uh, last word on hockey, I write some posts there, and then fans at the NHL where I write about the NHL as a whole. And we can absolutely link uh, in the description to uh, to your article that you wrote for fans about the Zucker trade today. Perfect. Yeah, that would that would be great. I had a lot of fun doing this. Um, I'll keep listening to the wild episodes. Um, I'm going to be very curious to see what else they do when the deadline comes. I saw all of those rumors about you know Dumba, Brodeen. Um, I think Marcus Foligno has come up in talks, but I don't. I don't foresee them making those trades but you never know yeah this uh this trade deadline has the potential to be pretty bonkers yeah i think everyone says that every year and then we just get let down <laughs> <laughs> all right well th- thank you all for listening to this episode of locked on wild if you want to help support the show you can do that in a few ways you can subscribe to us so that you can get your team in your ears every day you can also tell a friend uh spread the word about us we are growing thank you so much for that i i know that uh that people are out there retweeting and 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 sharing our posts on social media and spreading us via word of mouth we appreciate that keep doing that and uh if you can leave us a rating and review on itunes the fifth star is our favorite thank you so much for listening stay tuned to lockdown wild to get your Minnesota Wild every day.